Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Welcome back. Our man Ross Tucker has been all over the Bills this year, rooting for them, talking them up, also broadcasting several of their games, including their last two. He was on the sideline Sunday for Bills-Bengals. Ross, I guess I just won't even wait to ask you, did it cross your mind at all, or do you even know if the Bengals had better shoes? Um... It seemed like they had better footing than the Bills did, yeah. Um, It did cross my mind a little bit. I mean, it wasn't like guys were slipping all over the place. So it wasn't that obvious, but certainly it felt like their D linemen in particular were able to get a better get-off off off the snap than the the Bills ones, Bills players were, Bills D-line. How surprised, if at all, were you by the outcome and maybe not so much the outcome? I mean, anyone could have expected that the Bengals could win the game. Uh, Certainly, they're a good team. Bills are a good team. Coin flip type game. But 10 points, I mean, it just, it felt, it never felt like the Bills, the Bills day, really. Yeah. I mean, it was 17 points, right? 27-10? Yeah, 10 points scored, he probably means, right? Yeah, I meant 10 points scored. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was stunned. Yeah, I mean, I was stunned. I, I thought there was a chance the Bengals would win the game. I think they got a pretty good team, but it just felt like the Bengals controlled the action right from the start with those two touchdown drives to start the game. They took the crowd out of it. I think they had one third down on those first two drives. Right. I mean, they went right through the Bills. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the Bills were outplayed. Uh, I think they were pretty clearly outcoached. Um, Very disappointing if I'm a Bills fan. And uh, really stunning. That's the part of it that's stunning. I thought if the Bills would lose the game, that it would be because, you know, Josh Allen had – a couple costly turnovers. You know, that was the concern. That wasn't even why they lost. 
Right. They just kind of got their you-know-what kicked. I mean, the Bengals just were clearly better in every aspect of the game, and that's probably got to be the part that's most concerning. You know, if it's a couple turnovers for Josh Allen, okay. If if you lose a close one, okay. But the Bengals came out. Uh, they were better coached. They were better prepared. They were better up front, both sides of the ball. I mean, you almost go right down the line. I, I don't know which areas the Bills were better, and it was it was stunning. It really was. Ross, it's hard now to try to figure out what to do about it, or it might be hard for them to figure that out. We're talking all all about, you mentioned the coaching advantages the Bengals enjoyed on Sunday. On, on defense, I mean, we have moments, and this was reminiscent of last year, I guess, at least the end of the game in Kansas City, where you know the Bills, the Bengals rather have a third down, and the Bills' DB, DBs are like off the screen, <laughs> playing playing back. Whether they were worried about their footing or not, just seemed odd. Confusion on the defense in this game, and offensively, Ross, geez, like you can't really tell watching a game on TV what's happening down the field, what the quarterback sees, but seems. And this has been a talking point. It seems. We've got a situation here where there are plenty who think the Bills' scheme did not get guys open for for Allen. I don't know. I mean, just some theories as to what went wrong and what maybe are things that they might want to fix by making changes. Who knows? We haven't seen them make any, but I wonder if it's on the table. Well, so number one, very clear that Joe Burrow knew where he was going to throw the football before the the ball was even snapped, seemingly at least 75% of the time. That's not real good for the Bills coaches on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like, he wasn't fooled. He wasn't tricked. Mm -hmm. He knew what he was doing. And, I mean, there were times where he wasn't even – catching the the laces of the ball. I mean, he was just catching the ball and throwing it without even having his his fingers on the laces. I don't really understand why the corners are playing off if you also have two deep safeties. That doesn't really make sense to me. I don't understand that logic on some of the plays. Conversely, when Josh Allen got the ball, it looked like he didn't know where to go with it. It looked like he was confused, and he had to buy time, and he had to run around and try to find, make a play. So I guess you kind of have two choices there, right? You can either say that the Bengals coaches were just way ahead of the Bills coaches, or you can say that Joe Burrow processes things a lot better than Josh Allen. Or maybe it's a combination of both. But that was pretty evident on the sideline that – Burrow knew exactly where he was throwing the ball before he even got it, and Josh Allen looked like he was more like, you know, playing in the backyard with his buddies, just like running around waiting for, like it was like recess, waiting for somebody to get open so he could just fire a dart in there. Right. This point you're making about Burrow knowing where he was going, um, like it really speaks to what 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 is it saying it's saying that they prepared for the bills to do a certain thing and were confident that the bills would do a certain thing and that the bills did a certain thing and they were completely ready to exploit it and um that's that's frustrating you know like for, like they've had a great year they've had great 
great statistical years on defense. Um, but like, I'm very frustrated by how that went and how easy it looked for Burrow, and that and that there didn't appear Ross to be any sort of counteracting to what was happening. Like, you can see the pass rush doesn't have a chance to get there because he's getting it out of there so fast, and you're playing off, and, like, those, that's a horrible combination, and it didn't seem like they reacted to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could watch that game and not feel like the Bills got out coached and that they were late to make adjustments, whatever adjustments they made. I mean, you know, I even was saying, you know, they're even playing with these two deep safeties, and they're playing with these two deep safeties, and then the Bengals just start running the ball down their throat. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I understand you're worried about the deep throw, but it's kind of snowing. (laughs) And you got two deep safeties, and Joe Mixon is running the ball down your throat. I mean, I had a Bills coach tell me before the game, you know, I think I asked him why why Jamar Chase was so good, and he said, man, he's just strong in his lower body, and, you know, you go to tackle him. He's like a running back. They throw him these hitches. You go to tackle him, and he breaks the tackle and runs for, like, eight more yards. Then he went out there and did it, like, three times. I mean, they knew exactly what the Bengals like to do. They knew exactly what made Jamar Chase good. And then that is exactly what happened. They threw the hitch to Jamar Chase. Whoever came up to tackle him, the corner came up, and he just ran right through him and got the extra yardage he needed. It was it was just um, – I mean, you know, walking out of there at the end of the game, there were a lot of Bills fans actually still, like, sitting in their seats just like – right. It's like they were just stunned by what they saw. And the real thing is, like, you know, I hear McDermott say, we just got to keep knocking on the door. And that is true to some extent. And I think he was in Philly when they kept knocking on the door for four NFC championship games before they got to the Super Bowl. But it kind of feels like the Bills are going the wrong direction. You know, I mean, AFC Championship game a couple years ago, last year, lose a close one in the divisional round. This year, get blown out at home in the divisional round. With Ross Tucker. So, um, there'll be a very much talked about team here this offseason. You, you have, we can all think of, I mean, countless examples of teams or athletes in sports where the the momentum starts to build toward this team or this player is flawed and can't win. And I tend to think, Ross, you know, I want to avoid that. I want to avoid that for this team, but I want to avoid that for all teams because I really don't believe in it for, for, for teams or for players who get to like the very top or, you know, pretty much um, Peyton Manning's teams and other examples. Like I, I, I'm not sitting here going, they can't do it. They've been so dominant. You know, you, you pay attention, of course, to the, the lines and the futures odds and everything. Well, what's the bottom line on this? Did we miss something? Um, I think uh, I think a couple things. I think, number one, I think Devon Miller um, loss was significant. I think people probably overstated how good the Bills were 
based on how they lost in the divisional round last year to the Chiefs. You know, and the 13-second thing and the whole deal, I think people overrated them a little bit. I think they thought Gabe Davis was better than he really is. I think they came away from that game thinking Josh Allen could be Superman every game. And I told you guys all year, and Greg Cosell said on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast all year, that, you know, the Bills, O-line was average. The only receiver they could really count on was Diggs. Didn't have much of a running game. And that they basically needed Josh Allen to be Superman to win games. And that that's a tough way to play because you can't expect, you know, like the Chiefs beat the Jags last week. Mahomes wasn't Superman in that game. But they were good enough to win. And it just feels like the Bills can't win unless Josh Allen is like Superman. Um they made the right moves to get great O-line depth. I think um, not having Micah Hyde certainly hurt. You know, I've seen theories out there about, you know, the injuries or just the emotion of everything that happened in DeMar Hamlin and stuff. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I can't really speak to that. I'm sure somebody smarter than me, you know, a psychologist could tell you that cumulative impact that that stuff has, blah, blah, blah. I just got to go by what I see as a just a football guy. I mean, very disappointed in the defensive line. I guess Jordan Phillips, you know, had a bad shoulder, but he was not the guy he was earlier in the year. No Daquan Jones hurt. And I feel like the young guys, Rousseau, Boogie Basham, Year two, I was expecting more from them. Epinesa, year three, expecting more from him. Yeah. You know, this stinks because I love you guys, and I love Buffalo, and I love the Bills. And I feel like I'm just being like a a real Debbie Downer, but well, got to call, call it as I see it right now. Yeah. Do you do you think like some kind of change is in order here? Like I I, I like to, like Mike and I are, are very much alike in this. Like we're just I don't think there's any question about McDermott being back. But as far as coordinator level goes, Frazier's been here for the whole ride and is is got a great reputation and is is seems like a wonderful coach and a and a, and a really great great guy. I'm I'm thinking about like a, a fresh set of eyes, fresh opinions about how to use their personnel, like something that can maybe add to what they've had going on here uh, with you know McDermott, because you know Frazier's the D coordinator, but McDermott's a defensive coach. Like I think we all feel like you know Frazier coaches the defense the way McDermott wants the defense coached. I'm wondering about a fresh set of eyes on that side of the ball, Ross. What what, what do you think is warranted? Um. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a new coordinator. Um, I don't know if it's going to be offensive or defensive. I think that they'll probably consider both. Like, what do you guys have any insight? So far, they've they've fired one coach, mm-hmm. the safeties coach, who Poyer was hurt. They were undefeated when they had him until this last game, and Micah Hyde was out the whole year. Like that that just seems weird to me. So it's I mean, the last game. It was like their fifth safety was out there because you don't have Hyde. You don't have Hamlin. Um, Dean Marlowe gets hurt during the game. 
So then you've got like the fifth safety out there. I, I don't. Do you guys have any insight into that? That seems strange when it's one assistant coach and it's the coach whose position like he had it down to his fifth guy or whatever. I don't know on that one. Um, sometimes it can be personal. Who knows if it was something other than what seems obvious here, but insight on what they'll do not exactly an educated guess if you want it we've been trying to figure that out all week on monday mcdermott spoke and said too soon on the coordinators like not ready which was not we're all set you know so he left it open a little bit brandon bean the gm spoke on tuesday and i thought and we thought a couple times early on make made comments that made you wonder if dorsey would be back he got a specific question about Dorsey later and eventually got around to saying as he enters year two. So we've kind of debated whether or not that's firm. He was not asked directly whether he'll be back. It seems like there's still some chance he won't. Last year, the Bills went well into the offseason, Ross, before announcing changes to their staff. So, um, yeah, you want to get this done, right, because coaches are flying around. But I'm not sure, you know, there's the most urgency here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to take a look at it and see what you want to do. And, you know, there's another part of this always, which is you better make sure you can get somebody better. Right. You know? I mean, firing someone just to fire someone doesn't make a whole lot. Like, I saw where the Cowboys fired six assistant coaches. Do I think that Mike McCarthy – sat down and thought those six guys were underperforming and that they could do better at those jobs? No, I don't. I think that the Joneses were mad that they lost the last game and probably told them he needed to fire people. And I don't know, maybe they gave him a quota, maybe they didn't. And he's like, all right, I got to pick. How many do I need to fire? Four, five, six? Okay. (laughs) I'm, I'm like inherently skeptical of assistant coach firings. Because a lot of times, I think it's more just like a sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. It's more like to appease the media and fan base that we are doing something. We are making changes as opposed to like, like I said about the safeties coach. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what what did you want the guy to do? I, <laughs> I, I mean, Hyde was hurt. Hamlin, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought this. When they had the guys, I thought they were playing well. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not in I, – I, this came up an hour ago. We were talking to our beat guy, Sal Capaccio, Ross, and, like, like, like Frazier is not, like – it's not egregious. Like, you, you have to be fired. You, you have to know you've got someone that you want to work with that you think can add something that you're lacking or, or just give you some juice in a way that, 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 that might be – you know, might be time for that. Um, it's not like, you know, you need to do something symbolic. I, I don't think anyway, even as, as loud as some of the complaints are and justified as some of the, uh, some of them are, they've done a lot of winning. The defense has been really good. They had a really bad day and it looks like a really bad plan. Um, and I'd like to see a change, but they got to make sure they get it right. If they're going to do it. Um, correct. And I think that's probably what they're working on behind the scenes right now. Who, who else can they get to be OC or DC or maybe position coaches if they look at that look at it that way I do sort of feel like um, I do sort of feel like they probably feel like there needs to be some type of shakeup 
because of what I said earlier about it feeling like they're going the wrong way. Ross, we're almost to the end of the segment here. Do you have a best bet for this weekend? I like the under uh, 23. I I mean, these things are changing all the time. But I like the under, last I checked, 23-and-a-half team total for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Is that a bet against Mahomes' ankle? Correct, yeah. And and the D coordinator for the Bengals is awesome. Like, the fact that that guy doesn't have any – doesn't have any head coaching interviews and some of these other guys that do. It just cracks me up, man. I mean, it really does. Like, what, how many times do you have to do it? Look at the Bengals' defense. They've got good players, but did any of those guys make all pro? I mean, how many of those guys are even pro bowlers? You know, Reader's good. Hendrickson's good. Hubbard's pretty decent. You know, Logan Wilson's a good linebacker. Uh, Bates is a good safety. But this is not like – look at their corners. I mean, this is not like some – they have Eli Apple and a rookie starting at corner, and they just held the Bills to 10 points. Um, so going against Mahomes with a bad ankle, I think the Bengals are going to win the game, and I don't think they're going to score 20. I don't think the Chiefs are going to score 24 points. That's for sure. That would surprise me. Are you on Eagles pregame this week or anything else? Eagles pregame and sideline for, uh, for Eagles and the Niners for Westwood 1. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made in Buffalo. First of all, I didn't realize those gloves I have that let you still be on your cell phone and scroll. William, they're not like water resistant. <laughs> right. So my gloves were soaked the whole time, which totally defeats the purpose of being able to use your gloves to be on your phone because it definitely doesn't work when they're soaked. <laughs> and then I wore like a fancy, yeah, I don't even know what they're called, the same jacket everybody else wears when they go out to like dinner. I had that on because my wife gave me that. I didn't really realize that that's not water repellent and I was going to be in the snow. I'm an idiot. I really am. Like, I'm an idiot. Tough one. Because that would have been the perfect game to wear my orange ski jacket, and it would have been so much easier for my sister and my wife and my daughters to see me on TV. Because when I'm on sideline, <laughs> I specifically stand on the away team sideline, and I have no interest in getting hurt. None whatsoever. It's like when they come out over the sideline, I get out. Some of these idiots stand there and they're like, oh, man, here they come. No, no, dude, you got to get out of there now. They're going to be here in a split second. People think they have so much more time. I'm like, no, trust me. They're cu- Joe Mixon's coming right here right now, and he will break your leg. Get back, dude. <laughs> so I get back, but then as soon as, like, they're, they're on the ground, I run over there and try to get TV time. So when, like, Stefan Diggs <laughs> nailed that camera lady, yes. I ran right over there. I tried to get in the mix, and that's where my um, my sister screenshot it. She saw me when Diggs took the knee. I was thinking maybe the camera people would sh- the, the cameras would show the lady that he trucked on the sideline. So I went over and asked her if she was okay, yes. thinking I might be able to get a close up. It didn't happen. <laughs> that's too bad. Good that's effort, right. though. That was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't have very many competitive outlets at this point in my life. Trying to see how much TV time I can get on the sideline is one of them. I was paying close attention on that. Like, she, she got up, and then Diggs sort of stayed with her, and the play clock's running, and then Diggs took a knee, like you said, on the field. Like, oh, he's he's so injured smart. now. smart. Diggs is so smart. Right, right. He, he, he was checking on her, and then he was like, oh, crap, we're going to get a delayed game I'm now late. I was checking on her. So he takes the knee. Yeah, I like that. He took a break from his tirades there uh, Sunday to do that. So, heady. But um, didn't get a t- chance to ask you about that. Maybe it's not worth asking about. Ross, uh, thanks for today. 
look forward to listening to you this this weekend, and we'll talk next week. Sounds great. See you guys. All right, that's Ross Tucker on our Wester Hotline. His appearances here on WGR brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Your thoughts on the Bills as they enter the offseason, if we haven't heard from you yet, or the Sabres who play tonight in Winnipeg, they're on a roll. 803-0550 is the number if you want to call in. We'll have the update first. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 